Welcome aboard National Football Show. We appreciate everybody stepping in with us. Thank you so much as you do each and every single day. I'm going to start out by saying I am very excited about this week, and I'm very excited about the fact that these joint practices are now going to have high-intensity reps. This is exactly what you need to get yourselves ready for an upcoming NFL season. Finally, some high-intensity reps. Because the stuff that most teams, not just the Eagles, but most teams are doing now in camp, you're seeing all these lingering injuries now. You're seeing all these players with lower extremity injuries. You know what that is from that's from not being prepared for an upcoming NFL season. And you're going to see a lot more of that. Well, what you're going to get here, though, is now with these joint practices, you're going to start seeing now higher intensity inside drill, seven on seven, nine on seven, individual pass rushing. Okay? Inside drill. Inside drill was one of the most important drills that Coach Jimmy Johnson used to have us do because it was ones versus ones. It was high intensity. It was game speed. And get this, it it got you ready for each and every single year that you were going to play, and also it got you ready for games. That was one of his legendary drills that he had was called inside drill, and that's kind of what these controlled scrimmages are. Now, are they a step down from the exhibition games? Probably. And what you're trying to do, obviously, is you're trying to not have your guys get injured. You're not trying. You're also trying to teach with this new fundamental way of doing it. And actually, I like it. I like the controlled scrimmages. I'd rather have the controlled scrimmages more so than anything that the Eagles or any team has done so far in camp. Helmets and shorts, I don't really know how much you're getting yourself prepared for a season or a game when you're going through those type of drills. So travel day um, on Thursday and Friday, the Browns and the Eagles are going to have these joint practices. Then they're going to play a football game on Sunday. I like it. You know, when you get a chance to hit an opposing jersey compared to your own jersey, this is, this is what you want to do as you get ready. I think this is really like the dress rehearsal for the Lions game, for the for the for the Lions this week, and for I would say the Eagles this week. I don't think you'll see really a lot of the starters playing on Sunday, but I do think you're going to see them in these individual joint practices on Thursday and Friday. So, kudos to the league. I, I like this. We used to do a lot of this anyway. You know, even in my time when I was with the Cowboys. I don't remember it so much in 87 with the Bucs. Maybe we scrimmaged the Dolphins. But more so when we got to Thousand Oaks and I was with the Cowboys, we used to have scrimmages with the Raiders and the Chargers. And we would have a week of practice with the Chargers up at Thousand Oaks. And then we would travel to Oxnard, where they are now. Funny, how funny is that? And we would have these weekly scrimmages with the Raiders, and with the Chargers, and then we would play a game over the weekend. So when I was in Dallas, we did more of these controlled scrimmages, more so I would say than my first year in the league. So I'm a fan of this stuff. All right, please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. I appreciate it. We are packed. Don't forget, in hour number two, 
As I said yesterday, today we will have Joe Theismann on, former NFL Most Valuable Player. He works for the NFL Network. We will get his comments. I will ask him about the Eagles. I will ask him also about the upcoming season and many of the questions that some of these teams have as we move forward into the 2022 season. I can't wait for it, September 11th. I really can't. Let me start to show off by adding this to you. I heard Jeff Curran with the Sports Take guys, contributor to Jacob Sports and also CBSSports.com. Would that buck game be closer today? You think that buck game would be closer today than it was in January? They were never in it. They were never in that game. Okay? They were never in it. A thing was never close. Probably the coin toss was the closest it was. How would you look at a rematch with the Buccaneers today with the new additions, with another year for the coaching staff, for Jalen? Jonathan Gannon's got more toys on the other side. How would that game look? Today, that Buccaneer game, compared to how it looked in January. GG says, yes, with this defense, definitely closer. 34-31 bucks. Flex, you really think this game would be a game now? Just be okay, just because they got Brady. So, just because in Seth, in your opinion, because he experienced a quarterback, right? Hey, and no shade on anybody. Brady's beating 99% of the people in the league, not just Jalen Hurts. Okay, so it's not a Jalen issue. It's the fact that Brady is the, he's the equalizer in this whole thing here, where, you know, he's the wild card and he's going to pretty much, no matter what team it is, He's going to be the favorite because it's Tom Brady. Don't think this defense gives up all those quick points. More pressure, better corner play. I still think the safety, and I still think safeties are an issue for the um, Eagles going into the season. Hey, guys, um, I don't really think that they've addressed the safety position. I think that that's still going to be a weakness. Now, the linebacker play, in my opinion, it kind of offsets that. So the linebackers can cover for some of the mistakes, but I do not believe that the Eagles have good safeties. Now, there's no perfect team in the league. So when we say this, okay, you know, there's a lot of football teams out there that when you're talking about certain position groupings, you're not going to get that perfect roster. There's very few of those. I think the Chiefs don't have a perfect roster. I don't think the Rams have a perfect roster. I think the closest to a perfect roster is probably in Buffalo. Brady's the roach. Just never dies. I get it. Hey, Craig. Craig, you know what? Craig says, I think Brady's heart isn't in it anymore. You know what, Craig? Why don't you and me give him the benefit, though? Watch this. Craig, I kind of believe what you're saying. But I'm going to give that guy the benefit. 
I saw Antonio Brown making some sort of idiotic, asinine comment saying, look at Brady. Brady gets the chance to go and work out his issues privately with his family, and no one else does. See the difference? Dude, you're not Tom Brady. And if you think everybody in life is treated the same, you got a problem. Antonio Brown is one of those guys that thinks his worth on this planet is more than his estimation of what he sees himself as. When he looks at himself in the mirror, he sees Tom Brady. And he's not. You don't have that equity, guy. Just because you had a lot of catches and a lot of yards in Pittsburgh, you've been a colossal failure in life and in football for the last three years. You have no equity. Nobody's running to your side right now offering you contracts. Hell, Josh Gordon's getting chances to get back in the league. And nobody has thrown a contract at your feet yet. Why? Because you're a locker room cancer. If the Eagles thought that guy could help the Eagle team, and fundamentally, with his ability, he could. But, dude, his... His ass nine ways outweigh his talent right now. Jimmy Johnson used to have this thing called the sliding scale. If you were a hemorrhoid, but your production was up here, Jimmy put you on the team because it balanced out. But once that talent started really tilting the scale, you were gone. That's how he treated you. All right, you want to be that guy, Charles Haley? Well, you better produce. Tape weight. I'm not a psychologist, but hey, it just doesn't seem normal. Um, I, I, I just, I, I look at this game and I would say this to you. I think that they would not be still in this game, but I do think that if the Buccaneers and the Eagles got on the field today, I think it could be close for a quarter and a half. 21-7, something like that, and it would hang there for a while. And then the offense of the Buccaneers would take over that game with Brady. And it would end up something like 34-21, something like that. You know, we'd be in that room. It, it would be better. I don't really think significantly better when it comes to I, – I, I shouldn't say that because, like I said, a quarter and a half, I think you'd still be in it. And again, it would come down. You know what, too? You want to hear this, guys? I don't really think it would come down to the players that they have on the roster right now. I want to know if those coaches would get out coached. Dude, you got Byron Leftwich. You still got Todd Bowles. You still got some really good coaches on that coaching staff. Arians is in the building, too. And then you got Sirianni, and you got Jonathan Gannon, and you got. Shane Steichen. I mean, these guys are still very young coaches going against experienced veteran guys. Okay? Seals, you think the O-line now is better than the 2017 O-line? Yeah, um, how about this? Jess, I hate to give you a fence-straddling answer, but I think comparable. But I'd also say this to you. I think they're deeper. Like, if you have an injury, you have guys that are sitting there on the bench that could come in and there wouldn't be one of these over-the-cliff drop-offs in talent. 
I think the Eagles are the most talented offensive grouping and offensive line depth-wise, starter-wise in the National Football League. And I'm going to put this out there to you. And I don't really think it's close. I think it's Philly. No one really says it. I think the Philly O-line with the coach, with the backups, I think it's Philly and everyone else. And you could pick second, third, or fourth, or fifth who you want in the second hole. I think that gap, how about this? Let me let me say this to you. I think the gap of talent that the Philadelphia Eagles have in offensive line is the widest gap of any grouping for any team in the league. Like what I'm saying is a team may have a really deep D line or be really deep at linebacker. Pretty much a lot of teams are close. You're, you're right there, right? I think it's the Eagles, and then I think there's a wide cap between who the second-best team is offensively when we're talking in the lines. And plus, your coach offsets everything else. You get the best teacher in the game. Best grouping of players in the league belongs to the Eagles, and that's the old line. You know how some teams have really great wideouts or great, like, skilled guys, wide receivers running – Eagles have the best O-line, backups, coach. The whole thing's the best. They are the gold standard. The Eagles' offensive line with their coach are the gold standard in the sport. And let me tell you something. When you have that group and you're the best at that group, you are in every game. You're in every single football game. Pass protection, they've already showed that they're the best run run group in the NFL. Dude, you you start with that. How many, look at the Giants. The Giants under Dave Gettleman, he spent five years trying to find one tackle. The Eagles have four. Four. They find Jordan Malata in the seventh round. How do you put this helmet on, mate? You know, if the chin strap goes here, dude. Oh, oh, over here? What are these? Hey, mate, what are these? Shoulder pads. Okay. Yeah, Xander's like this. Landon Dickerson is going to be an absolute animal. This Dude, that line down the line? I'll tell you one thing. If it's a sunny day at Lincoln Financial, just stand behind them, guys. You don't have to worry about it. You'll think it's midnight. Those are guys that absolutely block out the sun. By the way, Dickerson's a hell of a football player. Hell of a football player, man. Dude, I like this kid Dillard. I know you guys, some of you guys don't. He's fighting for his life. Good for him. Good for him. I'd go out swinging too. I'd go out swinging too, man. How about this? I think the Buccaneer O-line. With Ryan Jensen being out, I don't think it's in the group of the Eagles. That tackle they got at, from Iowa, he's a superstar player too, though. The kid Worth, is it? That kid's a great-looking player. Follows me on Twitter, too. We, we correspond back and forth. And you know what he said to me about Jordan Mulata? He goes like this. He goes, damn, Sills. That guy is some player, huh? And I go, dude, you, him, 
And the guy in San Diego, or excuse me, the guy who plays for the Chargers, Slater, you two, you three guys are the best young tackles I've seen in a group in a long time. Like the, the Bucks have a great young tackle, too, offensive tackle. The Chargers have a great young offensive tackle. And the Eagles have a spectacular young tackle. So I do think the game would be closer. How about this? It'd be closer longer between the Buccaneers. Brady needs to be blindsided. Hard to hit that guy, man. He's a rhythm passer, and he's not going to sit there and hold that ball too long. I hope Stoutland is the highest paid coach on the coaching staff. It's a good question, Jesse. I don't know if he is, but I'll tell you what. You talk about people coming after a guy like that. Boy, if I were the Eagles, I would give absolutely zero permission to talk to him while he was on contract. No way. You know, there's a rule in the NFL. Some of these coaches can't make lateral moves without the permission of the team. Like, you would have to have him be an assistant head coach slash O-line. That's how they get around that. That's why you see that multi-tag assistant to the head coach. And he's a linebacker coach or he's an O-line coach. You can't have lateral moves when you're going after another assistant on a coaching staff. So you have to... You, you, you have to add another title to it for you to be able to talk to Jeff Stoutland. If I were the Eagles, I would never let anybody talk to that guy. No way. Sills, just tell us how it is. Put your feelings back in your purse. I'm not sure. Worse was a heavyweight at Iowa. Hey, let me tell you, let me tell you this, man. Marina, he, he was a fabulous player in college, and he's just a great player now. Dan, what are the Eagles missing to beat Tampa? Come on, man. It's Brady versus Jalen. But watch this. It's Brady versus anybody else. It's not a Jalen thing. Brady versus anybody in the NFL. Who are you taking? Tom Brady versus the field. Who are you taking? In a game of 60 minutes of football, who are you taking? Come on. It's not a Jalen Hurts thing. It's not a Jalen Hurts thing. You can make it into one. It's not. I would take Brady over every quarterback. If I had to win one game, one football game, with that guy versus the field, I'm taking Brady. You can have the rest of them because you know why? He's beaten them all. He's beaten them all, and he's won the significant games. Rodgers, Mahomes, okay, you guys can have them. He's beaten them all. He's beat all them dudes. <laughs> hey, okay, Gigi, fair enough, fools. <laughs> hey, fair enough, fools, right? Fools, right? <laughs> he can't beat fools. All right, you called me on it here. Okay. I saw something on a radio station's website that I want to do. One of the radio stations in Philadelphia, WIP, had the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. And they had them ranked. How many people think A.J. Brown is a top five wideout? By the way, IP ranked him ninth. 
How many people would have AJ in the top five? Boy, I'll tell you what, man. He is something in the red zone. And he, I'll tell you what, he looks like Tarzan. <laughs> he does, man. That looks like Tarzan running down the field. That's a big dude, man. He, he's about as intimidating of a wideout since T.O. T.O. is a big dude, too. T.O.'s a big dude. Marina, AJ, top 15. He's top 10, not top five yet. Top seven. This is where I have the best wide receivers in the NFL. And I'll tell you where I have AJ. Here's the, to me, these are the 10 best wide receivers in the NFL going into the 2022 season. I got AJ Brown 10. Now, by the way, all 10 of these guys are spectacular playmakers. We're not looking at that much of a difference between 10 and four. You're right there. The difference between A.J. Brown and Stefan, it's right there. You can flip a coin on this. So when I have him at 10, you could probably move all these chips around any way you want, and everyone would feel comfortable with it. I think outside the top four guys. Is that fair? Hey, 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 I'm, I'm with you. Wait, I think A.J. Down in the red zone, man, I, I, I think he's one of the top three guys when it comes to jump balls. Okay? No, no, no. It's true. The Eagles haven't had a player as a skilled player, in my opinion, like A.J. Brown at the, at the wide receiver positions. And this even includes Deshaun Jackson since T.O., since 04. You haven't had a player like this since Terrell Owens. Just go up and get it and outman you for it. So I got A.J. at 10. At nine, I got DeAndre Hopkins. I know there's a suspension. I'm sorry. He's the best third down wide receiver in the NFL. Every time I see that guy making catches, it's for a first down, no matter what it is. I am a massive DeAndre Hopkins fans. And again, I saw IP had a top 10 wide receiver list. Big Sills has got his here. And I got AJ in my top 10. At number eight, Mike Evans. Man, I like Mike Evans. He just consistently puts up numbers. He did it when he had Jameis Winston. He did it, obviously, when he has Tom Brady. He's another one of those mismatched physical guys that goes after DBs and tries to outman you and outmuscle you. I'm, I'm a big Mike Evans fan. And you know what? He, because he's in Tampa, he kind of flies under the radar a little bit. And hey, Tate. That's another great comment about DeAndre Hopkins. He's never out of gas. He's never tired or he's never he's never out of gas. But I like Mike Evans at eight. I got DeAndre Hopkins, GG, at nine. At number seven, I got Tyree Kill. You know what I hear? You want to hear something? I look at Tyree Kill and I say this to you. I think Tyree Kill is a really good speed. And he may be a tick up, and I mean like this. 
from Deshaun Jackson. I think he's a little bit up because you know why? I think he runs better pass routes than what Deshaun did. But here, I think that Tyreek Hill had a better quarterback in Kansas City than Donovan McNabb. Patrick Mahomes is a better player than Donovan McNabb. And so he's going to, with his athleticism, if a guy like Tyree Kill, if he runs off the uh, off a 15-yard out, he's going to compensate because of his great athleticism and the way he throws the ball. We'll see how that works out in Miami now with Tua. I don't think Tua has that propensity yet to be able to compensate if some of these wide receivers are not running precise routes. I look at Tyree Kill and I go, he probably runs a better route than Djax did. Okay. And remember something about Deshaun. What made him a special player was the fact that he was a special teams, like unbelievable player. He was unbelievable in the special teams. Djax is one of your top 10 players since 2000, for sure. Okay. Just really. Vincey, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Bona fortuna to you too, my friend. I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there. I'm sliding up and giving you Big Sills' top 10 wide receivers in the National Football League. I got A.J. Brown sitting there at number 10. Number six, I got Debo Samuel. Um, You know what's funny? Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown kind of remind you a lot alike of players. Hey, you know, the one person that's not in this list, I'll bury the lead on this. I don't have DK Metcalf in here. I think DK Metcalf is like right outside the top 10. I, I, I do not think that he's a top 10 wide receiver. I, I got him at 11. And there's nobody on this list you would take off to put him in. That's what I couldn't figure out. Who would I take off this list? A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel at six. What I like about Samuel, you use him in jet sweeps, can run the ball with him. He goes after he gets it. He, he's, a, he, he's a hybrid guy that can do anything. He's great speed. He's strong. He's got everything in there. Okay? I don't think that Metcalf is better than A.J., I, I do not think that. Okay? I do not think that. Debo Samuel, some ball player. Best wide receiver they've had since Terrell Owens. Since they had Owens. I mean, in, in, a, in an organization that has produced some of the greatest wideouts of all time. Um, he, he's in the... I, it would, obviously, it's Rice. It's Owens. Rice, Owens, Samuel, John Taylor. Probably that, okay? Probably that right there where you would, you, you would, because, hey, John Taylor was a heck of a ball player. He could catch it too. At number five, here we go, top five. Yeah, Owens is in the Hall of Fame, second ballot. 
I've got Stefan Diggs. Bills at five. Star in Minneapolis. He's a star in Buffalo. And boy, I'll tell you what, since they brought Stefan Diggs to Buffalo, Josh Allen is a different dude. <laughs> that, that offense looks different. J.J. Stokes, kind of. Not really all that, you know. I thought he had a year and then the rest of it. Not, you know. But Stefan Diggs, a ball player, 100-catch guy every year. Number four, got a very young player here. Man, I got Jamar Chase from the Bengals here. Like, he is 1,500 yards, 100-some-odd catches last year. You got Joe Burrow. Boy, I think what the National Football League is going to look like in the next three or four years, you're going to be battling it out between Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson for the two best wide receivers in the National Football League. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, the youth that we see at this position now. Number three, I got Cooper Cup. Okay, historic year he had a year ago. He's got Matthew Stafford. Plus, he's got one of the most important things you can possibly have. And you know what that is? He's got a play caller. He's got a play caller. And Sean McVay. Sean McVay, I would say this to you, and I don't know if you guys agree, but Sean McVay is probably the best head coach right now, play calling, next to Andy Reid in the league. I think maybe Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, too. I think Matt, and you know, then you got to throw Kyle Shanahan in there. He's gone to a Super Bowl, too, you know? You could throw that conversation in there, right? 145 catches. Jamar Chase had 145 catches last year. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable for a – no, Cooper Cup. Okay, Cooper Cup had 145 and, like, almost 2,000 yards in receiving. I mean, hey, look, Sean McVay. What a play caller. So I got Cooper Cup at three. Justin Jefferson is number two. 3,000 yards, two years, 200 catches. Guy's a freak show. Personally, the only reason I put him at two is because I want him to go out there and have another spectacular season. By season's end, Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the National Football League. I would not take anyone over him. But I want to play out this year. I want to see him do it one more season before I call him the best at his position and at that position too. The wide receiver position in the NFL is more valuable today than the running back position has ever been. And I get it, Eagle fans. Every time you hear that, you want to put your hands over your ears. He's going to be the best wide receiver in the National Football League by the end of the season. Okay? I'm on drugs. Why would you? (laughs) Justin Jefferson is a freak show. Number one, I got Devontae Adams. You know what I loved about what Devontae Adams did? He went to the Raiders for a reason. Not because of the silver and black. He went there because of Derek Carr. Imagine that. He did, he could have picked his he could have picked his welcome mat. He could have went anywhere in the league. He wanted to play in Las Vegas with Derek Carr, not because of the Raiders. 
He wanted to play with Derek Carr, a guy he played with at Fresno State in college. Two of them work out in the offseason. I found out, you want to hear this? He doesn't work out, or he never worked out with Aaron Rodgers. He worked out with Derek Carr in the offseason, every offseason. So it's not like they haven't worked out. Now they get to play together. He's looking out for his heritage and his numbers and his legacy. That's why he chose the Raiders. I think it's brilliant. You're going to see no drop-off in numbers for Devontae Adams like you will with Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's going to have a massive drop-off in numbers. Does he get 1,000 yards? I don't know. I'm not sure how Tua's going to play. So he, he made a business decision, and I think he made the right business decision. Okay. Chalk it up, sports. Honestly, when you start to get into the top five range, best wideouts, it's really it, – it is pick your poison. It, it is chalk it up, sports. You're dead on. Chase better than Jefferson. They played on the same team and offense ran through Chase. That's not by accident. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll take Justin Jefferson over Jamar Chase. And you can have Jamar Chase, and I don't think you're going to be too disappointed. It's like picking Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor. I don't think you're going to be wrong here. Like I said, when I told you guys, okay, when 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 I put this 10 names together, you can move them around the chessboard or the checkers board, I should say, and they all may have the same value. I think, like you said, when you get into the top five, you're starting to talk about a whole different grouping here. Um, Yeah, so Devontae Adams is number one. So here is the big sills. Top 10 NFL wide receivers going into 2022. I got A.J. Brown at 10. DeAndre Hopkins at 9. Mike Evans, Buccaneers at 8. Tyree Kill Dolphins at 7. Debo Samuel, 6, 49ers. You'll see a drop-off maybe with numbers with him too until Trey Lance gets comfortable with the offense. Stephon Diggs at 5. Buffalo Bills, Jamar Chase, four with the Bengals, Cooper Cup, Rams, three, Justin Jefferson, Vikings, two, and Devontae Adams, Raiders, number one. Can you imagine that you had at one time Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in your offensive huddle at LSU? Jesus criminy. Ed Ogeron, you're hired. You're hired, Ed. I'll tell you what, Brian Kelly, you better bring dudes like that into LSU instead of those 23 guys that are in the transfer portal right now. I wouldn't want guys like that leaving my football program. Holy cow. Those two dudes were in the same huddle. With Joe Burrow? <laughs> hey, man. That's scary. Okay, Sills, can I have a disagreement with your list? Keenan Allen deserves to be on that list over Debo. Mm-mm, no way. I think Keenan Allen is a fine receiver. I really do. I've covered Keenan Allen for a long time. When he was in San Diego and I was on the radio, and I used to go over and see him with Frank Reich, and also with Nick Sirianni, 
He came down from Cal. I think he was a third-rounder edge. I really like him. Wes Chandler um, worked with him, too, the great wide receiver with the Chargers. I think he was up at Cal with him, and he worked with him. Loves Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has been a consistent performer, a huge fan of him. And by the way, is he a top 15 guy? Probably. Okay? Probably. I don't think OBJ is anywhere near the top 15 any longer. But would I want OBJ on my football team? Absolutely. You know, one of the misconceptions about Odell Beckham Jr. is that he's a bad teammate. Not the case. Not the case. A lot of people in the locker room stand up for him. His social media presence kind of gives it a different impression of what kind of person and player he is. It's not true. Everyone I've ever talked to loves Odell Beckham. Okay? D-Train. Ed Ogeron recruited all them guys. Brought Burrow down from Ohio State, too. All those great players offensively and all those spectacular wideouts, it was Clemson, Bama, and LSU in Ohio State. That's your wide receiver factory in the NFL. Used to be Southern Cal. But if I'm going to get a wide receiver from a place, I'm going to go to Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, maybe Southern Cal, maybe. I'm not going to Texas. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma, kind of. C.D. Lamb and then really who? Who who is Lincoln Riley put out there in the NFL? Outside of C.D. Lamb. Can you give me another guy? That Bam and LSU program? They put out insane football players. Okay, insane. Yeah, Keenan Allen's a fine, but Mike Williams too, man, on the other side's a fine ball. I'll tell you something about that Charger team. Do you see they signed Derwin James to the richest contract for DB in NFL history? Well, let me say this to you, man. Derwin James. Tom Telesco, who's been on the National Football Show. Hey, Xander, I think we need to get Tom on again because he's done a whale of a job building that roster, has he not? Guy brings in Khalil Mack, puts him on the other side of Joey Boza. Now you've got Derwin James in the backfield. Could probably give us a little bit of love on Kaiser White. Hey, now I know why you let loose a Kaiser White. You had to sign Derwin James. You had to find money somewhere. You got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You got the running back who's a spectacular player, and you got to put pretty soon you got to put the bag of money at the feet of Justin Herbert, too. Right? Hollywood Brown, what? Hollywood Brown's a top 25, maybe, guy. Texas AM, Mike Evans. Who else? Seals, you're on drugs, my bro. AJ, top five, easy. So you're going to put him over Stefan Diggs, who puts up 100 catches and 1,300 yards every year when A.J.'s never done that in his entire career. He's never had 100 catches. He's never had over 80 catches. And he's never had over 1,100 yards. These guys put up 110 catches and 1,300 yards every year. Where, where are you getting that from A.J.? His numbers don't – he doesn't have elite numbers. A.J. Brown does not have elite numbers. He's an elite player. 
You can't dismiss what another man. How about this? If you guys think that AJ would is going to have better numbers here, okay, that's fair enough. Justin Jefferson is with the quarterback who you say sucks out loud, horrible, and he's got 3,000 receiving yards in two years. Are you trying to tell me that Justin Jefferson's not succeeding in Minnesota? He's completely succeeding. He's got 200 catches, three grand in two years. That's success, my friends. That's NFL history. He's on pace to break Jerry Rice's records. So don't tell me how bad a quarterback Kirk Cousins is when A.J. Brown in three years has never had more than 70 catches. Okay? If Kirk Cousins sucks and you think Ryan Tan, well, the guy up there is succeeding. You know, you want to hear something crazy? Jefferson may have 4,500 yards in three years at the end of this year. 4,500 yards. I'm being kind, too, because I think he's going to go for 1,800 yards. (laughs) Xander thinks he's going to get, hey, he gets two grand. No, I think AJ's, I think he's a top 10 guy. I do. I'm, I'm okay with AJ being a top 10 guy. Look, I think Keenan Allen's a fine, fine ball player. All right. I've got the latest Vegas odds on NFL MVP. And let me tell you where Jalen Hurts sits. I want to do that. We're going to do that after the timeout. Do me a favor. Please go. And if you're in the market right now looking for a lawyer, if you've been hurt or injured on the job, Morgan & Morgan is there for you. These are the people that will take care of you and your family if you have been hurt or injured on the job. Last 30 years, they've collected over $13.5 billion in compensation. And for the people, my friends, is not a logo. It is not a slogan. It is who they are. With over 800 attorneys in offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, Morgan & Morgan is there to do business for you the right way. No such thing as a fender bender and no such thing as a small case. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Call us free. The consultation's free. 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Please hit the like button. We're going to give you what the dudes in Vegas and in Atlantic City think about the upcoming NFL chances for who might win the MVP. Can I say this to you about the guys in Atlantic City and the guys in Vegas? Let me say this to you. Those are the people, okay? Those are the people that are the greatest analysts because you know why? They put the bags of money up. They set the lines. They set the odds. They set the prop bets. They do all of that. Okay? They do all of it. So when you're talking about a guy like me or anybody else out there, hey, man, the guys in Atlantic City and in Vegas, these are the people that actually put the money up here. By the way, real quick, before I move on in here, I'm going to give you the odds here. I saw people in Philadelphia on the Inquirer talking about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will never play another basketball game in his entire life. No way. No way. Guy doesn't have a passion for the game. He doesn't like it. He likes being a star. There's people like that. I know a lot of athletes like that. 
I heard Barrett Brooks earlier talking. Isn't there an inner fire in you? Dude, yeah, 99.9% of us, man. That's how you have to get there. You have to have a burning desire and sensation to want to be the best that possibly can be. This guy doesn't care. He's so gifted. But why didn't you guys see this at LSU? He couldn't even take his LSU team, nor did he have any interest in taking his LSU college team to the NCAA tournament. He couldn't even take them to the tournament because you know why? He didn't care. He didn't care then. Wasn't it a red flag when people talked to him? He didn't care about the Tigers. You saw who that guy was, but you know what you did in Philly? You blinded yourselves because you saw his immense talent and what he could be. And you were just under the assumption. Man, I'll tell you what. There's no drill. There's no conversation that you can ever have with an athlete when it comes to intestinal fortitude and wanting to be great. You know? You, there, there's no test for it. There's just no test for it. You know, it's not like the Sixers were wrong to take them. They weren't. Anybody in their right mind would have looked at the guy and said, look at this guy. But then when he had a conversation with him, you would have realized he's not a winner. He doesn't care about winning. Man, I'm not saying every superstar player cares about winning and winning. I, I think the difference between... Michael Jordan, LeBron James is just that. I think LeBron loves his legacy more than he loves being the best of all time. He wants people to tell him he's the best of all time. Jordan wanted to go out and play as the best player. He, you know, I was talking to you about A.J. Brown the other day and how he plays with his hair on fire. Jordan played with his hair on fire. He wanted to be special. Dude, wanting to be special. Hey, you know the greatest thing about playing team sports is Standing out in a crowd. I always wanted to stand out in a crowd. I got down to Miami. I had Alonzo Highsmith, Michael Irvin, Jerome Brown, Cortez Kennedy. I had all of these Benny Blades. I had all these great players around me. And I wanted to stand out. And when Jimmy was throwing them game balls to people, only three of them a game, and one of them came to me and I got six of them, Hey, getting a game ball from Coach Jimmy Johnson gave me every one of them game balls. Standing out in the crowd, that's something I wanted to do. Getting a game ball over Jerome, Dan, 13 tackles. Was it? Yeah, 13 tackles, the top one on the right. 13 tackles, one sack, two pressures. Here, Dan, congratulations. Game ball. Damn right. Jerome, look over at me. Made him go out and get 14 tackles the next week, and he would do it. Vinny Testaverde, right. Vinny Testaverde, Bernie Kozar, and Jim Kelly on my – dude, I just wanted to stand out always. Okay? Just don't get a guy like Ben Simmons. That's why I, I don't think he ever plays ever again. All right. Hey, don't forget Joe Theismann. Former NFL MVP, works with the NFL Network, will be with us at 4.30 Eastern time. I have the odds on what people in Atlantic City and also in Vegas are thinking on who the favorite is to win the upcoming Most Valuable Player. Who do you think that guy is? 
I got 20 guys here. Some of them are tied, and I'm going to move up. Let me see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Okay. I got 20 names here. Tua, 5,000 to 1. Dude, you got Tyree Kill and you got Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Man, you talk about pressure on a quarterback. That 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 dude's locker room seat, it's pretty hot. Tell you what, if Tua doesn't, if Tua doesn't perform, and how about this? I'll make a point to you. If the Dolphins don't have a better season, if they do not have a better season than the New England Patriots, he's gonna lose his job. Tied at 5,000 to 1. Kirk Cousins. Tied at 5,000 to 1. Cooper Cup. Tied at 5,000 to 1. Jonathan Allen. Wow. This is 20, 19, 18, 17, and 16. They're all tied at 5,000 to 1 here. Four thousand to one, Trevor Lawrence, tied with Derrick Henry, at four thousand to one, thirteenth. Now we start getting interesting. Trey Lance, twenty eight hundred to one. Derrick Carr, twenty eight hundred to one. We get to number 11. Jalen Hurts. 2,500 to 1. That's pretty good. I mean, the Vegas guys think that here there's a better chance that Jalen Hurts can win the MVP award over Derek Carr, who's got Devontae Adams, Trey Lance, Derek Henry, Trevor Lawrence, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, or Kirk Cousins. Guys in Atlantic City and in Vegas think highly of Jalen. This ain't my odds. 2,500 to 1? Lamar Jackson's only at 2,200 to one. <laughs> oh my God. The guy's in AC and in Vegas, man. What are you doing to me? Kyler Murray, 2,000 to one. Russell Wilson, 1,400 to one to win the MVP. Stafford at eight, also, or tied for eighth, with Wilson at 1,400. Damn. Jalen's 2,500 to one? And Matthew Stafford's 1,400? That's pretty close. Dak Prescott, 1,300 to one. It's favored to win the MVP. Number seven. Joe Burrow sitting at six. 1,200 to 1. 
I might take that bet. I think Joe Burrow could be the MVP this year. <laughs> Steven, Jalen Hurts, 2,500 to one? Really? I don't see it. Justin Herbert, 900 to one. Now we're starting to get to the nitty gritty guys here. Number four, Aaron Rodgers, 850 to one. Number three, Tom Brady, 800 to one to win the MVP award. Man, Jalen Hurts, 2,500. I'm still like, and these are the guys that put the money up. Patrick Mahomes, 750 to one. And here we go. As I said, the man that I'm picking to win the most valuable player award this year and the team that I think is going to win the Super Bowl, Josh Allen, 650 to one to win the most valuable player award. Jalen Hurts is a tick outside the top 10. <sighs> what, what, what did I see? Steven goes a BS list. I'm putting a hundred on it right now. I don't like this list at all, but probably right. Dude. I know, man. Brady's like 74 years old, and he's like the third favorite to win the MVP. It's really ridiculous. Who would you put your money on right? Okay, that's it. All the names I mentioned, if you had to put 100 bucks up on it, who would you put your money on to win the MVP? And what odds do you like the most? Jalen's at 2,500 to one. Cousins is at 5,000 to one. If I had to put $100, I'd put it on Cousins. I'd put it on Cousins. 5,000 to one? With Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, that tight end they have up there too from Miami, plus Dalvin Cook. He's going to throw for a shitload of yards. Lamar Jackson is 2,200 to one. Sills, you got your goatee really nice and trim. Hurts his goatee. <laughs> hey, GT, what are you, a stylish man? Thank you. 1K on Hurts. 1,500 on Burrow. I put 1K on Herbert. Dude, that's another good one, Brandon. Joseph, man, he, hey, Joseph even opening up the clam to go in and get 100 bucks on Herbert. How you doing? Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. Josh Allen, man, the football team is going to be a good-looking football team. But Kirk Cousins at 5,000 to 1. By the way, that was Xander's dark horse about three months ago. I'm with him. I think they're going to win a shitload of games. I think they're going to win a ton of games. Look at people with Justin, Justin Herbert is 900 to 1. Boy, you guys like Herbert this year, huh? Is Johnny Mac covering him in Ohio? I do not know. I'll ask Xander that question. He's covering them in Ohio. 
Dave Dust, Dan, TJ Edwards had a lot of pressure to keep his job. He's definitely, he's answered the call. Dave, he really has. I love that in a player too, man. TJ Edwards goes, I don't give a shit if you draft Ray Lewis. I ain't giving my job up. I love that. TJ Edwards' play and Kaiser White's play, keeping Kobe Dean on the bench. Cup is 5,000 to one. Yeah. yeah. Dude, no. I, I absolutely love what we see with, um, w- with what we're seeing with TJ Edwards. All right. As I said, our friend Joe Theismann is going to join us in hour number two, 430 Eastern time. The former MVP of the National Football League also works with the NFL Network. Jonathan Gannon has some pretty big shoes to fill. I'm going to explain what I'm talking about. Please hit the like button. Hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back. National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much. Joe Theismann, former NFL Most Valuable Player, something that Jalen Hurts is trying to do this year. Will be with us at the bottom of the hour. That will be at 4.30 Eastern time. Um, why in the world was Kirk Cousins in the COVID protocol at all? New CDC requirements came out and the new guidelines came out. And the NFL needs to start following the science again. You don't have to be in quarantine any longer. If you just have the symptoms of it, and that's what Cousin said he had, why are you putting him in quarantine? There's no reason for this. NFL has to upgrade their guidelines here. Federal government is telling you the new guidelines. But see, this thing was so politicized what happens is you have to stick to your guns on it and you're not actually following the science anytime you politicize something like this this is the crap you fall into instead of just following and getting americans healthy again there's no reason for it and again this is not dan Cilio. the guidelines came out i read them i read them And for that matter, a lot of people in the media owe Aaron Rodgers an apology. Turns out he was right. Turns out he was right. You owe that guy an apology. You had a guy in Chicago who was an MVP voter saying he's not voting for him because he's a bad guy because he didn't get whatever. You owe that guy an apology, guy. Anytime you politicize something that has nothing to do with politics, this is what you've land on. So why sports leagues should not be involved in stuff like this. Should be out of it. Not Dan Cilio's guidelines. It's a CDC. It came out Thursday. Go read it. I know most people don't like to read or they read 5% of what they want to hear. Go read it. You notice now he's back in practice. NFL went, what are we doing? Right. What are you doing? And again, it's, that's not politics. That's keeping our game so our fans can go and see their favorite players. Let me move on because I'll say something even more obnoxious. Hit the like button. I appreciate you guys coming aboard. By the way, something else before we move on here to Jonathan Gannon, who is the number one guy, okay, in my bullseye, and it's not Jalen Hurts. So Jordan Malata, did you hear what he said? Jordan Malata was talking about the scrum caps, and why would he not talk about the scrum caps? He wore one when he played rugby. He was laughing at the NFL putting those scrum caps on the helmets of the players. Are you under some impression that does anything to stop concussions? <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, man. The NFL loves theatrics, and they love theater, and they love the art of, evolu of um, illusion. They love the art of the illusion. Those holes in the helmets and such. Come on, man. This is to keep their asses out of a courtroom for CTE and head trauma injuries. Look what we're doing for the players. Jordan Mulata goes, those scrum caps don't do shit for the players. I still got a concussion. 
Are you under some impression? This is Jordan Malad, and I'm paraphrasing it. They're dumb. They don't do anything. But you see them all over. You see them on the NFL network, and you're like, look at that. And if you were just a common person not knowing, you'd go, wow, the NFL's trying to protect the players from concussions. No, they're trying to put an illusion out there that they're protecting the players from getting concussions. You're still going to get concussions in this game no matter what. Look at the laundry, laundry list of concussions the uh, Eagle players have had this year. Supposedly those scrum caps were like whatever. That's right, man. Yeah, the biggest fear the league has being in a courtroom is not Deshaun Watson. It's having to settle with the players because what they did for 100 year was they ended up going out there telling the players that, hey, guess what? Don't worry about head injuries. That's their biggest fear. It's not COVID. COVID was the greatest thing ever happened to the NFL because it took the eye off the ball. Yeah. And now the scrum caps. I saw Jordan Mulata's comments and he was goofing on it. Okay. Dan, did you see Kelsey put bubble wrap on his polite screw screw you? That's good, man. Yeah, all the guys back in the day were guinea pigs, man. The league is afraid. Remember something. The league is run by lawyers. Roger Goodell's a lawyer. Okay? Roger Goodell's a lawyer. Hey, this COVID thing is great. What, what The John Gruden thing was spectacular, too. All those cases take away from a settlement that they're still fighting in a federal court where they have to pay the players, me and 1,600 other guys, have to pay us a billion dollars. No one ever brings that up. They're in a courtroom right now litigating a billion dollars for the payers. No one's been paid yet. This was settled five years ago. <sighs> Got to love the league, though, man. Anytime there's a smoke screen, they'll throw it out there at you. And most people buy into it because the national narrative with the media will buy into it. Let me go to Jonathan Gannon now. By the way, real quick, real quick. The star that I think is going to be the biggest star on your team this year is going to be Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard is going to have a spect. You know what? Dallas, can somebody do me a favor? Eagle guys, help me out here. What was, what was, um, Zach Ertz is best. Is Zach Ertz the best tight end that the team has ever had? Let me see Zach Ertz's numbers. I want to see what Ertz did. I want to see what Ertz's best year was. Zach Ertz stats. Smile. Pro Bowl? I'm talking all pro. I'm talking all pro. All pro is the best. Pro Bowl? Not that that's a bad thing. Here's Dallas Goddard. Okay, Goddard only had one only. The rest of them were 900-yard years, really great years. So I say that with respect. 
But his best season was 18. 116 catches, 1163, and eight touchdowns. That was his best season. 116, 1163, 10 yards a catch, and eight touchdowns. It's a heck of a season for a tight end to get over 100 catches. And the rest of the time, 75, 78, 74, 88, 74, 56. What do you have last year? 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 74 catches last year. Splitting time between Arizona and Philly. That's pretty good. 74 catches. I didn't think he had that big a number last year. You know, even in 11 games with the Arizona Cardinals last year, he had 56 catches for 574. He was a factor on that team. That's pretty good, man. Stepping in there like that, not knowing the offense, it's pretty impressive. The guy, the guy put 68-41 in total yards. Dude, 635 catches. That's really great for a tight end. You think Dallas Goddard has more than 116 catches this year? 116 and 1,100 yards? I do. I think you could possibly look at, I don't know about the 116. That's a pretty big number, especially with the fact that you have AJ and Devontae Smith. That's big. That's a lot of to sit there and say that he's going to, he's going to have one six over 116. I could see him at 104 though. I could see him somewhere in there at 104 and a thousand. By the end of the time here, I got to tell you, I think Dallas Goddard may be your greatest tight end you've ever had. He is continuing to star. He is a guy that is growing. And I'll tell you this, you've got to give Howie credit. Hey, what, 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 and what's Zach Gertz's age? He's 31. He's probably on the back nine, right? Ertz is on the back nine. And Goddard's a younger player. Here's another move Howie's right on. Howie had a transition for the tight end position as he does for the center position. This shows you here, okay? This really does. It shows you here how Howie is looking at the future. So somebody asked me a question about where do I think the Eagles will go in the draft if Jalen Hurts pans out? Can I tell you, guys, where do you think the next position is? Howie was, watch this, Howie was right at tight end. And it looks now that he's right on DT for Fletcher. This kid, Jordan Davis. I'm pretty, how about this? I'm more comfortable, watch this, I'm more comfortable with Jordan Davis taking over for Fletcher Cox today than I was two days ago. Howie has a progression plan. Look at the money he's going to save too. 14-4 automatically goes off the books and you're paying a guy who could give you what Fletcher's giving you right, right now on a rookie deal. The Eagles cap is going to look spectacular next year. So you've got a progression plan at the tight end position, 
at the defensive tackle position. Now it looks like you have one at center. With Cam Jurgens going in for Kelsey. Tight end. Defensive tackle. And what's incredible, the tight end deal with Goddard is a hometown cooking deal. The DT deal, you're taking 14. You're going to have Fletcher Cox next year because he signed the one-year deal. Dude, you're going to have like $13 million taken off your books just with Fletcher's contract and you paying what you're paying Jordan Davis. Kelsey's deal's up. You got another rookie who was a second round pick probably makes 900 grand instead of paying Kelsey. What would be the next position? How we would look at, at putting a progression plan in place. You hit it. Shanteza, you hit it. Congratulations to you. You're damn right. Lane Johnson's next. You can, and in a place that offensive tackles and guards and centers are developed, look at what you had with Jason Kelsey picking this guy, Cam Jurgens, with Jeff Stoutland's approval as well. Jeff's not going to have a guy go in there he doesn't sign off on either. He's the coach. Jason Kelsey's not the coach. Stoutland goes, who do you like probably? You know what? He has so much respect, I would think, for Jason Kelsey's opinion. He probably looked over at Kelsey and goes, which one do you like, Linderbaum or this kid? And Kelsey probably went like this. I like this kid more. And so they went with him. And my opinion, I think he's better than Linderbaum. Okay? Yeah, I would say... That's the point. So when does Lane turn 33? Now, look, offensive lineman could play to 36. So he's probably got three more years. But if there's a guy in that draft next year that is an offensive tackle, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go to that position. And I'm going to continue to be richer in the O-line and then get this. Man, you got a treasure chest of things that people want. What there's three positions, four positions. Do we agree? Here are the money positions in the NFL. Okay. Cornerback, edge, O line, QB. Those are the positions you pay the big money at. That's why the Eagles, when they look at the linebacker position, they go like this. I got Kaiser White for almost nothing. TJ Edwards, he's really good. Tell me who these big linebackers are today in the NFL that are getting gigantic money. Can you tell me who the, like, is there a $20 million a year linebacker like there used to be with Ray Lewis? You know, where, where are these... Um, LeVon Kirkland guys. Were these Mike Singletary guys? I don't see teams spending money on middle linebackers any longer. I see teams spending money on edge guys. Pass rushers. Okay? Tampa 2-style linebackers that can rush the passer 
and also get back in the flat like you see with Michael Parsons. You don't, you're seeing the NFL get away. There's certain positions. Watch this defensive tackle. Aaron Donald, watch this. Take Aaron Donald out of the league for a second here. Who's the best pass rushing DT in the league? Who would you think? I can't name him. I can't name him. That's what makes him a unicorn. Traditionally, inside pressure like that, what was Fletcher Cox's best year he ever had when it came to sacks? Chris Jones, Kansas City, 20 million. Tell you what, Dion, he didn't look very good until they got um, that kid Ingram from the Steelers and added him, Melvin Ingram, to the outside. And he was able to move back inside again where he was a good pass rusher because for the first part of that season, I didn't see Chris Jones. When they made that deal to go get Melvin, Melvin Ingram last year from Pittsburgh, who was out of place, okay, there is absolutely no way to sit there and say anything to that there, okay? Hey, Xander, Joe Theismann's calling me. I hope that you sent the uh, link to his uh, email address because he's calling me right now. Hopefully that's what he's calling me for here. I don't know why he's calling me here, so. Okay. Yeah, just give him a call to see what's going on here. See if we can uh, hook this thing up here. Casey Hayward, yeah, Casey Hayward. But again, not a gigantic sack number. Simmons, the kid in Tennessee, is great. Okay? Hey, Fletcher had 11 sacks, man. That's a spectacular season. Anytime you get double-digit sacks from defensive linemen and interior linemen, um, you, you, you get double digits like that, man, you're really, you're really getting – high quality out of a player like that. Um, yeah, I mean, they signed that big contract, Stu, where he was making $20 million a year and talking Chris Jones, I'm assuming. And all of a sudden, they had to move off of some people like that kid Houston, and they had to move off him, and they didn't really have interior or um, um, edge-rushing capabilities early in the season last year. And then when they went out and got Melvin Ingram from Pittsburgh and added him to the defense – it gave him more versatility, and Chris moved back inside, and he was more of a force down the stretch. Robert Quinn, hey, Robert Quinn's dying on the vine, in my opinion, in Chicago. The guy had 18 sacks. That may have been one of the quietest 18-sack seasons like I've ever seen, okay? One of the quietest. So – I, I I really like where we're going here with this. Now, let me get to Jonathan Gannon. By the way, we're efforting our friend, as I said to you, we're going to try to get Joe Theismann on here real quick here. So, Dan, we only got so many years of Jeff Stoutland. Maybe Kelsey could be, yeah, that, that could be something that they would want to have Kelsey become the offensive line coach. Who better to groom him than the best O-line coach in the business right now? I would love that. Um. Jonathan Gannon, with all these new pieces this year, he has got to be the guy that everyone in that building, especially on the defensive side, look, it's great to sit here on the 17th of August 
and go like this. Jonathan Gannon has all these new toys. And I know that there's people that like him. There's people that that believe he's the guy who is just a coach who didn't have all the pieces from a year ago. So he had to pay, play that soft zone. I'm, we're going to know immediately. Okay? We're going to know immediately. And guys, follow me here. Anytime you're trying to change your offense, what is the most important thing you have to have when you're trying to add another facet to your offense? What is the one thing you have to have? What do you think that one component on your team you have to have? You add A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, is getting better. That's what they're saying. What's the one thing you have to have at the beginning, especially of any NFL season? What is it? I think you have to have a shutdown defense because you're going to get a shitload of three and outs. Three and out, three and out. Remember, when you throw the ball, you're surrendering Every time the Eagles throw the ball this year, early on in the season, okay, every time they throw the ball, what's the one thing that you got to remember? That's one more play that you've gone away from your strength. And I know everybody's in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be Carson Wentz. Don't be Carson Wentz. You know, take your time. Be patient on offense. It'll come, okay? It'll come, but you have to have a shutdown defense. You can't give up 14 play drives like you did a year ago where you surrender the clock and field position. You cannot have that. Like Jonathan Gannon has to get three and outs. At least one of the things that killed that offense a year ago was Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, how many times did you see teams go on 10, 11, 14 play drives? How can you get into any kind of rhythm offensively when you got a defense that is giving up those chunks of yards like that? I mean, they just ran down the field, dinking and dunking away on the Eagles. And everyone's telling me, well, Darius Slay played. Well, you know what? That's not really what the formula was. In the first seven games, Teams went right down the field, 10-play drives, 11-play drives. I, I went back and I looked at the play chart. There were 8, 9, 10, 11, 14-play drives. You cannot have that. You've got to have shut-down dudes. If you're going to make this happen and you're going to make this offense into an offense where, get this, I'll tell you something, too. If, if the Eagles are in the top five in rushing and they're in the top 15 in passing, that's going to be good enough to get you to the NFC Championship game, I think. If you're still hanging down there in 27th, 28th, you're still hanging down there, you're going to be last year's team. And you might not have last year's record. You know, so, I mean, you can't. The objective, I think, for this offense is to win first and second down. Yale goes, the D is better on paper. You know what, Yale? I, I, I always hate when 
expectations of a defense because you sign new guys and you're seeing so many new things being done when it comes to training camp. And there's a lot of excitement about adding new guys. I've always been under the impression and I've always looked at when we're looking at a scenario here where the more players you add and the more people you add, okay, those are the more question marks. Every time, hey, guys, every guy you add is another question mark. How's Shane Steichen getting A.J. Brown into the offense? Are we going to see improved numbers with Devontae because of the addition of A.J.? Shane Steichen, what's going to be Dallas Goddard's role? Hell, Miles Sanders is hurt now. Does that mean there's going to be more of an emphasis on Jalen to have to run the ball early? Are we going to go out in the open market? Hopefully somebody gets cut loose and we sign him. Is James Bradbury going to come back to being Pro Bowl form that he was two years ago? Is TJ Edwards going to continue his evolution of being a fine-looking ball player? Is Hassan Reddick going to duplicate the last two years when he was in Arizona and in Carolina on getting to the passer? How's Gannon fitting him in? Those are all question marks. And everyone is siding on the side of success. One of these guys is going to bomb. You know that. One of these guys are going to bomb. No such thing as adding all free agents and they work out. Now, one may work out the next year, but it doesn't work like that. You know this. So... That's why when I say this about Jonathan Gannon, I think the players, hey, and know this, I think the players that they added are quality dudes. My biggest question mark is the coordinator. I am still under, listen, if, if I have question marks on Jalen Hurts, I have bigger questions on Jonathan Gannon, the D.C., at least Jalen went out and played last year. Okay? At least the team got better with him when they changed fundamentally in how they wanted to play games. And Jalen was cool with it. And they went out and won. Okay? Jonathan Gannon didn't change last year. He didn't do anything different. And it showed the entire season. And everybody in Philadelphia, media-wise and fans, are giving this guy the pass because – you guys went out into the grocery store. You went shopping. You shopped off the top shelf. You got some of the best players out there that were available. And more importantly, you went out and you got players of need and you addressed every single need that you had to have. Okay? And we're going to sit here now and assume that Jonathan Gannon in his second year as being a defensive coordinator is going to put all these pieces together. And my problem, again, I go back and I say this. I didn't see one bit of creativity last year whatsoever. But all of a sudden, you guys inside of January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, eight months, thinks that Jonathan Gannon is going to turn into Jim Johnson. Look at the shoes he has to fill here. We're talking Jim Johnson. You could go, you know what? 
Bud Carson was the defensive coordinator. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Bud Carson the defensive coordinator of Gang Green? If, if, if my history's right, and I thought I remember Jerome on the phone with Bud Carson, am I right when I say that? That Bud Carson was the um, Bud was the uh, the DC for Gang Green during that time. Obviously, Buddy was going to have a lot of influence in it too because he's the creator of the 46. But I, I could have swore I remember Jerome when he was up at my house and we were talking. I could have swore that he was on the phone all the time with Bud. And Bud Carson was the defensive coordinator. Was that after Buddy with Kotai? Okay, I mean, so again... um, Kevin says the problem with Gannon is he has a secondary playing back so far that they can handle the programs and footballs to fans. I mean, absolutely. Kevin, that was my biggest complaint last year, those soft zones that they have. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to sit here and believe because they've added James Bradbury and Hassan Redick here that we're going to sit here and we're going to be adding a different component to it because all of a sudden now he's going to be aggressive. I think when you're an aggressive defensive coordinator, I think that's a benchmark. You, do you guys know the name Greg Williams? That's the guy that was Bounty Gate. That's the guy that was suspended for like uh, putting all those hits on quarterbacks. Dude, that guy's mentality follows him around every job he gets in the NFL as a coordinator or as a defensive line coach. Buddy Ryan was an aggressive, play-calling, defensive-minded guy. This guy came after your ass. Okay? Jonathan Gannon all of a sudden is going to get aggressive this year? I don't buy it. And that, in an essence, in my opinion, that could change and hurt Jalen Hurts' development as a quarterback. You get a bunch of these three and outs here, that defense goes up to Detroit, and they don't show aggressiveness with those amount of players that you have on your roster, we're going to see this right away. By the way, we're efforting our friend Joe Theismann. Hopefully we're able to catch up with him here shortly. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott has that Buffalo Bills defense playing aggressively. Totally gets after it, man. Okay, we're working on it here a little bit here. It looks like we're having a tough time getting uh, Joe plugged in here. Hopefully we're able to do this. Um, Soft zones equal high scoring games. That's why Jonathan Gannon was a coach candidate trying to make the league a high scoring game, trying to make the league a high. Philly, that's one of the things, okay, that to me, those bend but don't break defenses is just not going to happen. You, you And again, I think playing defense is a lot tougher today than playing back in the day. And so I get it. You know, you, you can't, you can't mug these wide receivers like you could back in time. Okay. Now these guys got free reign. That's why I think they're more mouthier because there's no really setting of a tone in the middle. These wideouts can just run across the middle now. And if the league, then the league does want 35, 31 games. They don't want 18, 
to 10 games any longer because of gambling, prop bets and such like that, okay? So without a doubt, there's no doubt that, but when you see a good defensive coordinator, like you do in San Francisco or you do anywhere else, look at the great teams. Look at Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a great example of a today defensive coordinator. Look at the linebacker and secondary play that you have with the Buccaneers. Plus you have Shaq Barrett rushing the passer. Today's NFL is about having edge, corner, and the rest of them. If you're able to get guys like White playing the linebacker position, the Buccaneers, in my opinion, that's what you want – You want the Philadelphia Eagle defense to look like what you have in Tampa. Okay? You're going to play against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes today. And you know what? Those guys are going to put up 30 points. But you've got to stop people in red zones. You've got to stop people in two-minute drills today. You're not going to see those Ravens and 85 Bear kind of defenses and gang green for that matter any longer because – They don't play that style of football. It's almost the same way when you look at the NBA today. There's no big centers today. So everybody's getting triple doubles and running the lane. You don't see the Patrick Ewings and the Olajuwans and Abdul Jabbar's any longer. Those guys are gone. It's a different league. Is it fair to fire Gannon if four-plus quarterbacks have games with – yes. Yes, Sarge. Absolutely. You can't have a scenario like that where you have quarterbacks going for 80% completion percentage. All right? Gannon has the pieces he needs for a defense to work. He has to plug and play. Hey, hey, Kenneth, that's one of the things that I love so much what Belichick does with his defenses. They're chameleons every week. It's a different style compared to when he was the defensive coordinator of the Giants with Lawrence Taylor and with Harry Carson and with Banks and all them dudes, Pepper Johnson. He he plays a defensive style now. If a team's really great at running the ball, he'll be more of a 43 look. If a team loves to throw the ball, he'll he'll drop a 34 look on you. You never know what you're going to get with Belichick and how he game plans you. That's, in my opinion, what Gannon's got to look like today. Because Belichick, when he was first a defensive coordinator, dude, they ran a 34. They had all them great linebackers in New York when he was with Parcells. And now what he does, he has all these hybrids. Teddy Bruschi. Um, Mike Vrabel, guys like that, where you can put their hand in the dirt and also you can stand them up. All right, we're going to take a time out here. We're going to see if we can hook up with Joe Theismann. Hopefully we can. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show with your boy, Big Sill. Still working and efforting our friend, Joe Theismann. If not, we're all good. Appreciate you coming aboard. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much. You see what Pete Carroll said about J-Jaw? Wow! What a unique player. Unbelievable that we would have a guy in the building like this. This guy is a different style of player. Look at what Carroll's doing. Carroll thinks that Whiteside is going to be a special player for him in Seattle this year. Right? That's fantastic. Holy cow. He's like a unicorn. Yale says he's building them up. Really? Hey, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming aboard. We always welcome the Big Sills Army for stepping in with us. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey, Sills, that's all good, man. Yeah, hey, man. No. J-Jaw, baby. Steven, J-Jaw, baby. He's going to get 1,100 yards. 
It's Seattle, according to Pete Carroll. I'm going to make a point here in a sec. Huh? He thinks JJ will be. Hey, man, listen, wait, no, wait where I'm going with this. Watch this. I'll tell you. Hertz is the only quarterback in NFL history to post 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards within the first 20 starts. Big deal. <laughs> Big de- Hey, I love those 1,000 rushing yards. They mean shit to me. <laughs> it mean nothing. Zero. I don't want my quarterback to be in that category when it comes to 1,000 yards. I want my quarterback in his second year taking his team to a Super Bowl like Brady or like Burrow or like Mahomes. Okay, that's what I want. I want to go like this. Watch this. This is what I want to do when I see my quarterback. You ready? Holy shit, this guy's great. I want to go, holy shit, that guy's great. Right? That's what I want to do. If we are being honest, J. Jaw didn't get the op. Oh, that Rager's get. Oh, my God, Ty, that's a great topic. Hey, Xander, do me a favor. Put Ty up there. And, folks, do you agree with Ty? If we're being honest, J. Jaw didn't get the opportunity that Rager got. You think Howie shortchanged JJ? Xander goes, that dude was that dude was meat here, Sills. <laughs> okay. That hey, that guy. He he was meat. <laughs> uh, Rager was a way better player. Okay, Xander, I get that. But still, if you draft a kid in the second round, you still should give the kid the opportunity to play. And by the way, he did. Look at the amount of years that a guy like that, what did he have, 14 catches? Or some crazy number like that, 14 catches? In his years in, um, hey, okay, Fly, I'm asking a question, that's all. That's all I'm doing, Fly, I'm just asking a question. Yeah, right? Barrett's still here, too. First rounders. Here's my issue, and here's why I say this to you, that Pete Carroll, what what did Carroll say about J-Jaw here, man? Let me get the exact word. I want to get the exact word that he used here. Pete Carroll on J-Jaw. Yeah. What was that word that he used? What's that word, man? <laughs> Something unique. He's a unique player. I bet you everybody in Philly had to grab the vomit bag and had to throw up in it when you heard that. Okay? He's unique is what Pete Carroll said today. Unique. Isn't it funny how coaches go out of their way sometimes to like pump up certain players when they haven't done shit yet or when they've done things that are normal and you're getting pats on the back 
and you're hearing people make all these ridiculous comments about players that haven't earned anything. And all you hear is media people and no one's done anything. You've been in helmets and shorts and everyone is under the assumption that your favorite player has gotten better somehow when his traits his entire career have been the same. Joe Burrow's been a winner everywhere he's gone and everything he's never touched. Brady, you may have thought crap of Brady when he was at Michigan. Well, the year they finally saw the light, he was 12-1. and one. Okay? You know what's funny, too? That coach at Michigan hated Brady. How many times did he try to give that job to Drew Henson? It was constantly trying to give that job to somebody other than Tom Brady. And now all of a sudden, Brady's a Michigan man. <laughs> they didn't like him. They actually hated that guy. They hated that guy in Michigan. And Brady, with his perseverance and his hard work and his will, went 12-1, and one, and it still didn't matter. It still didn't matter. Nobody was praising Brady. Belichick, in his 20 years, never praised Brady until the end. And it was superficial at times. But all of a sudden now, we're hearing, hey, man, the ball spins different. What's the other ones? What's the Pauly Shore numbers? He gets an A today. And that kind of crap. And you're like, dude, wait a minute. When can we get back into the mindset? You haven't earned anything until you start winning. You don't win my admiration for being on time, working hard, and being a good leader. You don't get my admiration for that. Welcome to the National Football League, my friends. Those are the things that come with the job description when you're doing your interview for the job. Okay? Brian says, problem is that if the reports were bad, no. The one day that he didn't have a good pat, and how do you know I'm talking about Jalen? I didn't mention his name. I didn't mention his name. You did. But since you went there, no. Remember when he had a bad practice? I could care less. I'm waiting for Detroit. I could care less. If he sucked in camp, you'd lead with it every day. Camp? You know, before Brady took his uh, break, his two-week break, he wasn't playing very well in practice. He was distracted. That's what Bruce Arians told me. And by the way, in case some of you think that, well, Bruce has been on our show three times. Okay? I don't care about practice. I care about games that matter. And by the way, these reps that we're going to see here on Thursday and Friday with Cleveland will be good. Yes, unique. He comes with the umbrella. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. I would be worried if a coach propped a guy up so much. Brady's a bum? Love it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I love when people – Brady's a bum. Hey, Nick, Tom Brady has the best-looking woman, the best-looking resume in NFL history. The most wins, regular season, postseason. 
He's got a $400 million deal waiting for him with Fox. When I grow up one day, I want to be Tom Brady. Hertz is better than Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer. Sure hope so. Sure hope so. I totally, hey, 85, I sure hope so. Absolutely. Joseph says that Carol's on some good shit. They grow it up there in Washington State, brother. They do. Hey, Eagle, hey, Nick, Nick, I'll tell you what. Now, you guys did a number on him, though, man. You guys did a number on him in that Super Bowl. Okay. Paul Brady is mulling over whether he actually wants to play. You think so, man? We'll see if my Jimmy Garoppolo story lands there in Tampa. Isn't it funny? Jimmy Garoppolo sitting back. Maybe he's waiting for Tampa. Hey, Xander, do you ever think of that? What if Brady does all of a sudden abruptly retire? Two weeks off for Tom Brady. I'll tell you, like I said, it's it it it, it it's bizarre. It's bizarre that a guy like that, and, and by the way, okay, he's the only guy I would give that to. But it's bizarre. It's bizarre. But if he doesn't play, are you really thinking they're going to hand that football team over to Kyle Trask, who I thought has looked good? I'm a fan of Kyle Trask. Gator kid looked pretty decent, especially in the last game. I agreed with Todd Bowles and what he said, how he moved the chains and how he moved the ball around. I think Byron Leftwich and him have a good rapport. I, I kind of like him. I'd like to see him actually get um, a little bit more reps. Yeah, I like the kid Kyle Trask. I do. <laughs> Bizarre, great OG rapper. Bleach, way to go, dog. Brady retires and they trade for Minshew to Tampa. Huh. Let's see here. Brady threw for 500 yards and still lost. That just shows you how overrated the passing yards are. That's why when I revamped it on Jalen, folks, D-Train's a prime example of that right there. You could throw for 500 yards and lose a game. You run for 250 yards, you ain't losing that game. Why would the Eagles go away from that? Why? So they can look fancy? And Jeffrey Lurie has his television show that he so wants. High-scoring offense. Isn't that something? It's almost like your owner wants to be Jerry Jones. Really is. It's almost like he wants to be Jerry Jones. Why in the world would I want to get away from that? who I am and run the ball. Why, why would I want to surrender that when I beat people up last year, they want to take a heavyweight boxer who has a knockout punch like George Foreman and Mike Tyson. And they want to turn him into Floyd Mayweather. They want to turn him into a, a guy who just boxes and such and is, is a guy that's a jabber. That makes no sense to me. I would want wins. I wouldn't give a crap about passing. I, but then, you know, no, everybody does because people are saying he needs to throw for 4,000 yards. 
You know, I mean, if he doesn't throw for 4,000 yards, they want to make a move and go get a quarterback. 85 says Jordan Davis is better than the entire Cowboys D-line. Um, Jordan Davis, really? You think he's going to be more of an impact player than what Michael Parsons is? Doubtful. Big facts. Never beat the NFC East. Um, it's a modern NFL passing game. Okay. 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 Let's see here. Give him a break, Sills. He's a movie guy. No, I think he really likes the movie here. I, I think they think Hertz can get better. How? How's he gotten better? Where has he gotten better? Where have you seen? On August 17th, where can you say he's gotten better? Where do you see that? Where, where, Michael, Par- Nicobe Dean is not Micah Parsons, friends. Absolutely. He is not. Jordan Davis will be the defensive rookie of the year. So you think he has a better season than Kayvon Thibodeau with the New York Giants? Okay. Remember something. Kayvon Thibodeau is an edge rusher, and I personally think that he'll break Lawrence Taylor's nine-sack record this year. I think that you're going to see Kayvon Thibodeau have a hell of a football season for the Giants. From what I'm hearing, everyone up there in New York loves the guy. Okay. And they think he is going to be a special player. Um, I talked to uh, Mario Cristobal the other day, and Mario thinks this kid's going to be a whale of a player. Remember, Mario also coached Justin Herbert, too. So, yeah, Jeffrey Laurie is the best sports franchise owner in Philly. That's a fact. The guy who owns the Sixers is terrible. It was terrible. Um, Let's see. Let's see here. Um, Rumor has it. That spin looks different this year. (laughs) Hey, it looks different. Okay. Yeah, it looks different, does it? Well, we're going to find out against Detroit. Okay? We're going to find out against Detroit. We'll see. Cream always rises to the top. Dean needs time. Sydney, Dean's not going to beat out any of those starters. He, He is going to struggle for playing time, in my opinion. Okay, he's going to struggle for playing time. So, yeah, no, I mean, look, we're going to reset at the top of the hour. We're still efforting our friend, uh, Joe Theismann. He's having problems with his internet. Xander's talked to him a couple times. So we're working on that right now, trying to still get him. If we don't get him today, we'll get him tomorrow. We're also going to have uh, Mike Quick on tomorrow with us too as um, we move into the controlled scrimmages. I think Mike's going to be – um, in, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's going to be in Ohio. So we're going to get Mike quick next, um, or tomorrow, I believe, along with Joe Theismann tomorrow, we'll be talking with those two guys. We'll get Joe's thoughts. Kayvon doesn't have the dog in him. He was everything else. He has everything else. He didn't hardly do anything against the good teams in college. You know, that's what, that was a, that was a statement that people had on him. Okay. That was a major statement that they had is that, you know, you, you watched him in all the dog games, the, the Oregon state games, the Cal games, and he's killing teams in those. But then when he played in the Utah games and he played in the Southern Cal or UCLA games, he was nowhere to be seen. I thought he actually played pretty well in the UCLA game last year. I liked the kid. 
I think the kid's going to be a great-looking player. Supposedly what's going on with him right now in Giants camp, he's been probably the best player um, in that camp. All right, please hit the like button. We're efforting our friend Joe Theismann. Hopefully we're able to connect. Hour three, keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Exodus. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Hour three, we're still efforting our friend, Joe Theismann. Please hit the like button. Let's see here. I saw, I thought I saw, here, 85. I love this. We can agree Hertz is better than any quarterback Dan played with. Let's take a look at that. I like that. Way to go. 85, I love that. Let me see here. These are NFL stats, too. I mean, you know, let's see here. Um... I played with Testaverde, who's 16th all time, threw for 46,000 yards. 
You think Jalen throws for more than 46,000 yards? Uh, let's see here. I played with Boomer Esiason. He's got 37,000. He's 24th. There's Jim Kelly at 35,000. Let's see here. Troy Aikman, 32,000. You think Jalen Hurts is better than Troy Aikman? Jim Kelly? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. 85, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. I played with DeBerg. Oh, yeah, DeBerg. How many yards did Steve throw for? How many yards did DeBerg throw for? He threw for a ton of yards. He, he, he better than Troy Aikman and Jim Kelly. Yeah, better than Bernie Kosar. Bernie went to three straight conference championship games. You crazy, man. See here. I thought the Berg threw for a shitload of yards. I could have swore he did. Yeah, I don't see his name on here. I thought he was a three thousand. I thought he was a thirty thousand guy. Steve DeBerg. Dude, look at Andy Dalton, thirty-five thousand yards. That's crazy. Dave Craig had 38,000 yards. Yeah, I, I could have sworn to Burke through for a boatload of yards. I don't see his name on here. Bernie, hey, no, hey, Yale. Jalen's better than Bernie. <laughs> yeah. See, Bernie didn't have his, and Bernie had to, you know, you know what Kozar had to do? I mean, he had Jim Kelly and Testaverde, a Heisman Trophy winner on the, Kane's team then. Three of those guys were together. The three quarterbacks, when I first got down there, were Kelly, Kozar, and Testaverde. Oh, I'm sure he's better than them guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which one do you want? Oh, man. Give Hurts 15 years? Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll give him 15 years. Let's talk. Hey, Big Sills, let's talk some Jalen Hurts. What do you want to talk about? Hey, let, you know what? Look at all around services that Bernie was trash. Let me see something there because this is how we're going to gauge your boy here. Bernie Kozar stats. So let me see something here. Bernie Kozar. Let's, let's take a look at something here. Okay. So, Bernie Kozar, because he got hurt a little bit in the middle there, was 12 and 4, was 10 and 4, was 9 and 3. Let's see, 31 and 11. <laughs> and let's see here. Then he was 9. Nine and six. So 
Bernie in a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven year stretch or six year stretch was 60 and 17. You think your boy does that? Interesting. Hey, hey, man, went to three straight AFC title games and it wasn't for a fumble in the end zone. Browns go to the Super Bowl. Michael goes, hurts 15 years as a clipboard holder. Seals, he's trash, okay. When Hurts does good against Detroit, you're going to say it was just the Lions. I wish I knew about college growing up. <laughs> Do you see who Bernie had to throw to? And he still put up legitimate numbers. I don't even remember who he was throwing to. Oh, he did have Ozzie Newsom now. He did have Ozzie Newsom. Let's not forget that. He did have Ozzie Newsom. Okay. Hey, by the way, one thing about the Eagles here, man. How many guys have been um, impressed with Zach Pascal? What's this? Zach Pascal. I goofed on it. Yeah. He's a player. Zach Pascal belongs on an NFL team. He's a three or four guy. He can help your ball team, special teams. Guy is injured, throw him in there. Okay. I think he's all right. I think he's fine. He's not, you know, going to cost you a ton of money. You got to have guys like that on your roster. You know what's funny? Everybody thinks you have to have uh, first round. You can't have first round draft choices littered with every single position in the NFL. Your, your cap would be out. Out of whack. That's what the Cowboys struggle with. They want stars all at their groupings. Can't have it. That's look at the Patriots and the Patriot dynasty. They never had anybody in that building that was the highest paid guy at their position ever, including Brady. Ever. The Patriot way was you were not coming to New England to make money. That's changed now because Brady's no longer there. Yeah, man. Eagle fan. I think Pascal's solid. I, I didn't know shit about him. That's what I'm saying. He's pleasantly surprised me. Dan, when your buddy Urban says he's a good player, you should take some stick in it, and especially coming from a cowboy. I do. He threw me off the whole week after that. Are you kidding me? He likes Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a winner. Hey. hey, get old college try. Silly Osha run for Congress in Alaska. Rather run there than in Wyoming where you can vote for people if you're sitting in New Jersey. How crazy is that? You can vote for a senator in Wyoming if you live in New Jersey. It's crazy. I was like, what? Let's end this out strong, Dan, the man. He can't wait for the Eagle wins. I'm buying some legit cigars to smoke with you and Philly 500. No, they traded him away. They had the high, no way. They traded Darrell Rivas away. They would not. Remember, he went to the Jets. That's when he got the highest money. And they would not give Stephon Gilmore the money in that holdout. They traded his ass to Carolina. Not true. 
Colts next job, careers advisor. Pascal is very – hey, Mr. International, I like the guy, man. I think he's pretty good. I, I do. I think he's pretty good here. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. So you guys are thinking right now that if the Buck game were replayed right now, you think that game would be close. You think that game would be close. Wolf Orkwood's never the highest paid guy. Ever. And when Chandler Jones wanted the money, they traded his ass to Arizona. Lawyer Malloy and Ty Law were never the highest paid guys. Their position. Ever. All around auto service says Patriots will never win another Super Bowl. I think that's completely off base. Why would you say that? They got to a Super Bowl when Bob Kraft owned a team and Bill Parcells was the head coach. Bill Belichick was a special advisor. He'd just been fired from the um, Cleveland Browns job. And Bill brought him in as a special advisor to the head coach. And they went all the way to the Super Bowl with Drew Bledsoe. Um, Drew Bledsoe, yes. Bledsoe. So Bob Kraft, not only does he have um, nine AFC championship rings with Brady, he's got one more with Parcells. He has 10 AFC championship games and 10 AFC championship rings as owner of the New England Patriots. He's been to 10 Super Bowls, and you think they're not going to win again. Your facts don't line up, guy. There's not an owner in the league today, in the league today, that has 10 conference championship rings and six Super Bowls. Not one. There is not one owner, even remotely close to that. Well, who the hell do you think owned a team when they went to the Super Bowl with Drew Bledsoe against the uh, Packers? For some reason, I, it seems Sills likes all the players I don't. <laughs> uh, well, then I like, because I like winners. I don't really, hey, Philly 559, I don't really root for a team. Okay, I don't really root for a team. I like rooting for excellence. When I see something really great, I'm not really a guy that roots and goes, Hey man, go this team here. Hey, the bucks. I kind of keep an eye on cause I played there. And of course the Canes, but other than that, I don't really, I'm not vested like that. If I see a really like the kid, Michael Parsons is a great football player. I like the kid chase young. I like his Kaiser white a lot. I do. I like Kaiser. I love Brady cause he's a winner. Oh, I see. You guys love Jalen because he's a winner, but Brady you hate because he's a winner. <laughs> All right. Kraft's son's in control of the team now. Hey, just like the Steinbrenners, that might not be a good thing, right, Smile? Hey, watch this. That might not be a good, a good thing, right? Sign Jeannie Buss. <laughs> right? Hey, look at Jeannie Buss and... The Steinbrenner sons, or now one of them, right? Uh, they're pretty good this year, though. Yankees look pretty good. Judge may hit 70 home runs. He, he may actually hit 70 home runs. 
No one's listening to Bill anymore. I'm sure that's going on in New England. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, yeah, no one's listening to Belichick. I wouldn't be barking that in the hallways too much. Okay? I wouldn't be. If I wanted to keep my job, I wouldn't be barking that. No one listens to Bill. Ah, took a rookie quarterback to the playoffs last year. Ah, the guy's out of touch. He's no good. Sanders has become a liability. We need Hunt. Sanders has been a liability for your football team for a long time. I heard the guy on with Sports Take guys, and he loves him because – or what's his name? Jeff. Um, he, 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 he likes him because he's a Penn State guy. That's probably why I hate him. But I don't hate him. I, I, I like Miles Sanders. But Miles Sanders is not a very good pass-catching running back, and he's always hurt. Can't rely on him. He's not dependable. No shade. It's reality. You can't rely on Miles Sanders. You can't build your running game around a guy. When my quarterback has to be the focal point of my running attack, there's a problem in my huddle. I'm trying to have Jalen Hurts play seven years, not seven minutes. It's bad enough that he's going to take hits when it comes to drop back passing. Now I have to have him in the run game. You're flirting with disaster. Joe Burrow got sacked 70 freaking times. Joe Burrow's not going to last in Cincinnati if they don't fix that. Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball, and that is just going to create a law of averages because eventually he's going to get hit. And it's going to be catastrophic. And on top of that, he's going to be like Lamar, Cam, who else? Vic, by the time the end of the season comes because you've been taking a pounding so much, you'll need surgery on something, which he did again this year in his first year starting. What, do you think he's all of a sudden going to get healthier? He's already gone through a surgery because he had to carry the running game. You think that's going to improve? Oh, he'll be healthy this year. What makes you say that? When the trend is those players all get worn out. There's not a high ceiling for that style of play. Whether he's great or not, whether he turns out to be Steve Young or Lamar Jackson, the ceiling's not high. There's not a life expectancy at that position playing that style of football, and it's been documented. RG3 was done in three years. Big Seal's pocket passing, okay, we'll see. He's not a very good pocket passer yet. Sanders is hurt too much. I think you mean Lamar. Kareem Hunt would help Jalen so much, somebody like that. Hey, Mike, I think that's what they're thinking in Buffalo, or excuse me, Baltimore. I think that's what they're thinking in Baltimore, Mike. Man, we give this guy a bag of money and we guarantee it to six. Hey, watch this. I'm going to guarantee Deshaun Watson's money. You know why? He's a drop back guy. Am I going to guarantee $260 million to a guy who runs with that style, with that aggressiveness, and has got a 
attitude where he is going to go for every yard that he goes for the way he does his style of play, man, you're asking for, you're asking for like a grand Hill deal where you pay a guy guaranteed money and he shows up to your building and he ends up missing 75% of the Orlando magic games because you signed a hurt player. Remember the NBA contracts were guaranteed. I I had my show aired in Orlando at the time when they made that move to get Grant Hill from Detroit. He missed 75% of his games as a Magic player. He had put up all those great, but the way he played and the style, then he ended up hurt. He never, he played 25% of the plays and they gave him a hundred million dollars. That was a lot of money back in the day. Hey, Yale, Kozar had a fast release because he needed it. Bernie wasn't going to outrun anybody. <laughs> hey, dude, when you put Bernie Kozar and Vinny Testaverde next to each other, one looked like a school teacher, and the other guy looked like he was a decathlete. One guy you looked at and he went, that's, that's an NFL quarterback? You're looking at Bernie Kozar, you're like, this guy looks like Ichabod Crane. Then you look at Testaverde, you're like, but guess what? If you had to win a game, I hate to do this, man. But if I had to win a ball game between those two guys, I'm taking Bernie Kozar. Bernie's got a Super Bowl ring, won a couple of playoff games, and he won a national championship. I'm taking Bernie all night long. That guy's just, I mean, he was a 20-year-old freshman when he beat Michigan, when he beat Nebraska for the national title. And he was a baller, man. I really like Bernie Kozar. Hey, maybe we'll get Bernie on. It is Cleveland week, right? Oh, man, I'd really love Bernie Kozar, man. You had to win a ball game, Bernie's going to get the thing done. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, all-around auto, Bernie's not getting pulled in a national title game. <laughs> They're not pulling him. And Testaverde was on the bench. They, they ain't pulling Bernie. They'll pull your boy Jalen, but they ain't pulling Bernie Kozar. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bernie ain't coming out for nobody, dog. <laughs> Jalen, hey, man, the freshman's going in. The kid from Hawaii. The kid with the funny last name that you can barely pronounce, Tug of Viola. Yeah, he's going in. Go ahead, Tua. Bench his ass. <laughs> I'm a diehard Eagle and old enough to know Hertz is not better than any of – your quarterbacks, Kozar and Vinny, didn't have the luxury Aikman and Kelly had. Hey, Aikman, well, Aikman had Alvin Harper and Jay Novacek that they got from the Cardinals. They made a trade. Jimmy made a trade to get Jay Novacek. And, of course, Michael Irvin then had that great old line. Kelly had an amazing offense. Jim Kelly had a great offense. Thurman Thomas, who always played with an attitude because he didn't go in the first round. Andre Reid. He was great. You know, James Lofton, too. Man, that was some offense that they had. So good, man. All good, Mr. International. You should see Drew Brees in person. I did. Brandon, I called his oh, – well, I was a sideline analyst for his final college game. Brandon. And it was Purdue versus Georgia. Hey, guys, do me a favor. 
Who was that running back that won rookie of the year and blew his knee out in the Pro Bowl in like they were doing some skills drills? What was that kid's name? God, he was really good. And those two guys played against each other at the Outback Bowl, and I did sideline. Then I got into the booth, but I called the Outback Bowl for about five years. Uh, funny, um, Sean McVay's um, uncle, John McVay, who is the executive director of the Outback Bowl, hired me. And I know the McVay family, John and all them guys, and they hired me because they work with Outback. And I know the Outback guys. So, <clears throat> no, it wasn't Tyrell Davis. This guy won the rookie. Robert Edwards. Thank you, Ty. This kid won the rookie of the year award for the Patriots. And he was at this Georgia team, and he was there also. He was fabulous. What a crime. I think he got hurt, like, in a, in a skills thing. And he was just never the same. But to your point, dude, Drew Brees, hey, Drew Brees starts walking to me, okay? So Joe Theismann is going to join us tomorrow, guys. They're having a little difficulty at his place with the email. Zayner talked to him, so we apologize. And we'll work on him for tomorrow along with Mike Quick. So we appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for understanding. Um, Drew Brees starts walking. I think Drew Brees threw for like 354 yards in that outback, I can't read. I think Georgia won, but it was Breeze's final college game. This guy starts walking towards me. Hey, I'm with you guys. I could. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a tick under six two. Okay, I'm like six one and three eighths or some shit like that, right? Breeze walks to me. I could eat a bowl of soup off his head. I could not believe how short he was. I was like, what a damn shame, man. This guy could throw it. He could throw it around the yard, man. I just thought he was too small, too frail looking. And he, he you know what? I'll tell you what, to give Mar Marty Schottenheimer great credit. And A.J. Smith, who was the general manager of the Chargers in San Diego back in the day, they end up taking him. He made a Pro Bowl with the Chargers. People forget that. Drew Brees, remember what they did? It was a decision they had to make. Schottenheimer wanted Brees. Schottenheimer went 14-2. and two And then they draft Phillip Rivers. And A.J. wanted Phillip. And Marty want Marty. They fired Marty Schottenheimer after going 14 and two. Then Breeze gets hurt in the last game of the year. For some dumb reason, they put his ass out there and he blows his shoulder out. What a catastrophic mistake. Completely. You let that guy go. Him and Dante Culpepper were the upcoming free agents and quarterbacks. I'll tell you this if Nick Saban, if Xander's boy Nick Saban, okay. If Nick Saban takes Drew Brees, it's Brees versus Brady for 20 years in the AFC East. Wouldn't that have been different? Brees versus Brady. And Saban's the head coach of the Dolphins. I'd love to have seen with and, – and for the record, Nick Saban's 2-2 two and two head-to-head versus Nick. They always had trouble against Nick Saban 
and the Dolphins when they played them. Can you imagine, man, Breeze in Miami playing against Brady? Brady's resume and his legacy would be different for sure. Ricky Waters was a great football player, shit talker, um, was a wide receiver mentality kind of player that liked his touches and catches. And I always wondered with Ricky Waters if it really came down to winning. I think Ricky really liked to win his way, if that makes sense. He wore his ass in his welcome out in San Francisco. They got tired of his act. I talked to Bill Walsh and Carmen Policy and Eddie numerous times. Eddie loves all of his guys, but Ricky wore his welcome out. He wanted to win Ricky Williams' way. Ricky Waters' way. Fabulous talent. He's a Florida State guy, so what can I say? Michael Vick trade down for LaDainian Tomlinson. Breeze in the second. That's really great stuff. AJ Smith, man, he was a good general manager. He just was like Howie a little. He wanted to run the entire boat. And he wanted to tell the captain how to be the captain. Instead of doing what he is, he's a navigator. General managers are navigators. Okay? Coaches are the captain of your ship. And when you get the navigator trying to tell the captain how to drive the boat, that's where you get in a problem. That's what happens in Philly. Your navigator is putting the team on a course and he's heading in a certain direction, he wants to then jump down into the captain's pit, and he wants to tell the captain how to run the damn ship. That's Howie Roseman in a nutshell. Right there, man. This guy wants to tell the captain how to be the captain. You're a navigator, guy. You'll only be a navigator. That's all you are. You will never be anybody else other than that. But he thinks he knows more. That's why he fired Doug Peterson. Shit, that's why they fired Andy Reid. Cowboys, the same thing. Jerry Jones, absolutely, man. Jerry Jones, you know, he's a navigator. Oh, but got this player, get this player here, get this player. Let me go down there on the sidelines and tell the coach what to do. And let me get on my radio show on Mondays. Dude. <laughs> Sydney goes common in franchises. Really? You think they do that in San- um You think they do that in New England? And by the way, I think Les Snead and Kevin Demoff, I think they stay out of Sean McVay's uh, way. From what I understand, I know Sean very well. I know him very well. Let me see here. Oh, I love Sean McVay, man. Hey, Xander, you would love this, man. Xander knows, man. My, my, my Rolodex, I got, by the way, I probably have... In my Rolodex, 7,500 numbers. I can't show it to you because it, yeah, it pops up with the number. Can't do it. Knowing you, your freaks would call Sean McVay. Hey, you suck. Especially if it be Eagles and Rams in a playoff game. You guys would be pranking his ass. Seals gets free steaks at Outback. I actually do. Hey, hey Keith. You, Keith called me on it. A Rolodex. <laughs> what, hey, Keith, what's that, right? 
Well, what do you call it? A phone list? Okay, what does millennials use as Rolodex? What's your word? What's your fancy word? I'll use it. You want my number, Dan? No, 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 Mike, I don't. I am the captain now. (laughs) Hey, D-Train, wait a minute, D-Train. Hey, 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 D-Train, you think that when Doug Peterson got fired, okay, the day after he walks into Jeffrey Lurie's office, I'm the captain now. (laughs) Ah! Oh, my God. Well, shit, he goes on Angelo's show, and Philly goes, I gotcha. You don't think he walked into Jeffrey Lurie's and goes, hey, Jeff, I'm the captain now. (laughs) I'm the captain now. Right? I'm the captain. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it, man. Look at how kind I've been to Jalen today. Woo. It's almost been like a Jalen free show today. You know, I, I get people texting me and people are, it's like Godfather three. Just when I thought I was out, you guys pull me back in. Ugh. GT, look at, look at, look at stats, 3,800, 500 rushing, 33 touchdowns is solid. I got you, bro. 3,800 passing yards and 23 touchdowns is more what he's going to do. Okay. He's going to be like 3,800. Still be around 62% completion percentage. 88 quarterback rating. He'll have 28 touchdowns, 11 picks, 650 rushing, something like that. It'll be around there. Still's got something brewing. I'm I'm not doing anything. Creepy. Thank you from Ireland, man. Absolutely awesome. One of my um, bucket list places that I want to go. Eagle Eye. Look at Eagle Eye. 4,230 touchdowns, 10 picks. Razor, 4,234 touchdowns, 14 picks. Was that Jameis Winston? Wow, man. Look at these numbers. 4,200, 4,100, 3,900. I think it's 3,823 touchdowns, 10 picks, and 600 yards. <laughs> Luck of the Irish. Don't ever say that again to me, Sydney. And, and, and creepy, it's a Notre Dame thing. So just so you know, with me, you know. Every time Big Seals played against Notre Dame, Notre Dame touchdown Jesus took a knee. I don't. Dan, you will take what you say back tomorrow. I will not. I'm not doing nothing here. D-Train Hurts throws 33 touchdowns. And, and Jerry McGuire, show me the money. Mike, 3,927 touchdowns, eight picks. Maybe. I say his picks are going to be higher. 4,001, 68 completion percentage. So he's going to go from 61 to 68. Dan, favorite Miami quarterback. I will not answer that. (laughs) 
Hey, 85, it's the only one I will not answer. I will not answer that any question like that. Nope. Because you guys will post it or something, and it'll get back to me. Trust me. Testaverde, Walsh, Craig Erickson, all them dudes. Gino, oh, you don't like me? It's not what I said. So it's not working for me. Mm -mm. Be like asking Xander what his favorite quarterback is. Jalen Hurts or Tua Tugaviola or Mac Jones. Big Sills loves Gino. Well, Testaverde's pies on too, guy. Tyler Van Dyke. No, you guys don't want Tyler. I got Tyler going to the Giants. Okay? Whoever gets the most clicks. Ugh, he's such a media guy now. Passion. The love of sports. It, it's like been sucked out of Van, uh, Xander's brain. Hey, who do people like? Who do people want to hear? That's what Xander goes like this. So, Sills, when are you getting um, Michael Irvin on again? And I said, when the regular season starts, the first week of September 11th, Michael Irvin is going to be slotted for 4.30 Eastern time every Wednesday. Okay? Then you guys can throw your batteries at Michael then. Okay? Big Sills, all them quarter, all them Miami quarterbacks are trash. Hmm. All them quarterbacks are first round draft choices. Went on to play 10 plus years. One, two, one of them's in the Hall of Fame. So you think Jim Kelly's trash? <laughs> you think you'll ever see anybody win four straight AFC championships ever again? Brady couldn't do it. I get that they didn't win the Super Bowl. But they did win four straight conference championships. Your guy got to how many in a row? He won one. Pretty impressive, but not quite. Who's Crouch? We don't have anybody in our football program named Crouch. Or, or Crotch, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, McNabb, how many did he win? One? Kelly won all four. Kelly won four straight conference championship games. Your boy won one. Always remember that. Don't forget to add Hurts. I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not adding Jalen Hurts' rushing touchdowns. I don't give a shit about that. Okay. No, your next preseason game, believe it or not, D-Train, is Sunday. Ed Kratz, who's that? I'd never heard of that. Oh, was that your quarterback from your college? No. Oh, boy. Unbelievable, man. Hey, Jim Kelly sucks. <laughs> okay. As a matter of fact, I text Jim Kelly trying to get him on. You know, he's going through cancer and such. But he just had a – oh, this is great. I got a hit on this. I got a hit on this. Somebody said something about Devontae Smith. Okay, I want to hit on this. Hey, Guys, do me a favor. Make sure you check out our friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free. One thing is for sure here, my friends, you, if you're hurt or injured on the job, do me a favor. Make sure you give them a call. With over 800 attorneys, okay, 800 attorneys in offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida, 
They are the number one law firm that will do battle for you when it comes to getting your fair compensation for you and your family. Understand that. That's what they do. No such thing as a fender bender when we're talking Morgan and Morgan. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Call us free. Consultation's free. Open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan and Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or in place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters, size matters. Morgan & Morgan, for the people.com. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
All-around auto thinks that Donovan McNabb's a better quarterback than Jim Kelly. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Boy, do you and I see the game differently. Unreal. Dude, <laughs> really, man. Oh, Brandy goes, didn't the Bills get stomped in those Super Bowl wins by the other team? They get killed. That's right. That's always a good way to look at it. I agree. They lost. I said to you, you'll never see a team win four straight conference championships ever again. Ever. Because of salary cap. You'll never see that. You will never see a team put four straight conference wins together. Absolutely, Ben. It's one of the reasons why uh, Cornelius Bennett's not in the Hall of Fame. They'll put some stiff in there like Jason Taylor. And you'll keep a guy like Cornelius Bennett out of the Hall of Fame. Guy went to nine Pro Bowls. Here, let me show you something here about my boy Biscuit. Uh, yeah, and he's a Xander Bama guy. Cornelius Bennett, Cornelius Bennett. Here's why Cornelius Bennett's not in the Hall of Fame. And you tell me that when you think of Cornelius Bennett, you think of the second best defensive player on that Bills team next to uh, Bruce Smith. Let's see here. Six-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. Rookie of the Year, SEC Player of the Year, Lombardi winner. Three-time All-American, four-time All-SEC, 1990s, All-Decade team, went to four Super Bowls, excuse me, went to five, went to five Super Bowls, lost them all. You keep that resume out of the Hall of Fame, and you put, hey, Bryant Young's, his um his Hall of Fame speech was great. He ain't got the resume of that guy. Absolutely not. Hey, hey, Andrew said, Dubois, are you really thinking that you really so McNabb was better? Jim Kelly is Kirk Cousins. Wow. Yeah, Bruce Smith is the How close to Reggie is he? Want to hear something, man? I think Bruce Smith's a great football player. He's the second best defensive lineman during that era. But it's like pretty distant. I never – and Bruce Smith is offended when people talk about Reggie and not him in the same boat. He Bruce Smith thinks he's Reggie White. He's not. And Bruce Smith was a fabulous football player. I think Bruce Smith has the all-time sack record for um, defensive linemen. If I'm not mistaken, I thought he did. But he, but no, hey, Yale, I never thought he was in Reggie's league. Reggie killed guys. I mean, he picked them up and threw them on their freaking heads. These 6'6", 350-pound men were made to look like laundry bags. He just annihilated people. You, we used to watch Reggie White on film like this. Honestly, 
remember the old the Volvicia? We're sitting there going back and forth, and you're watching him pick up Nate Newton or Eric Williams or anybody. And he would just throw them off their feet, three like three feet off the ground. And you're just like, and everyone in my time tried to duplicate that that hump toss of his. I've never seen it's like the sky hook of Jabbar. No one has ever been able to duplicate that that hump toss that he had. You know, and I asked Jerome, I go, was this guy like a weight room guy? He goes, no, Reggie White was not a weight room guy. He just had it in him, man. He had crazy, you know, what was funny how Reggie was built. He didn't really have really long legs, but he had a long torso. So he got up under you, man, and he threw your ass across. the. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. You watch him on film. It was a freak show watching him. Dude, he was. Hey, Mr. International, no, man. Bruce Smith was a he was a great football player. Reggie was just over the top great. All right. Let me ask you something about Devontae. You know, we started the show off by naming the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. And I had a guy text me that's a friend of mine that's watching the show in Philadelphia. I'm not gonna say his name. Um, he's over at the Novacare Center. I got A.J. Brown, 10, DeAndre Hopkins, 9, Mike Evans, 8, Tyree Kill, 7, Debo Samuel, 6, Stefan Diggs, 5, Jamar Chase, 4, Cooper Cup, 3, Justin Jefferson, 2, and Devontae Adams, 1. My friend asked me, where do you put Devontae Smith. Where would you rank Devontae Smith in the NFL? Top what? You think he's a top 25 wide receiver? Top 30? You think Devontae's better than Hunter Renfro? Think he's better than Jalen Waddell? How about T. Higgins? Where would you rank? Where would you put Devontae Smith? Top 20? Never happened. Not with that quarterback. No way. No way. Top 30? Top 15? How can you put a guy in the top 20 that hasn't had a thousand yard year yet and hasn't even had more than 70 catches? Big Sills, you're disrespectful. Everybody knows he really is the top. Devontae Smith is a top 10 wideout. Who are you taking out of this list for Devontae then? My list. Who would you take out of here? AJ? Hopkins? You think Devontae's better than Hopkins? Mike Evans? <laughs> I'm not even going to go through this list. It's a joke. Waddle had 104 catches last year and 1,000 yards. This is a breakout year. 
Based off of talent. Oh, talent. Y'all hating on, no one's hating on Smitty. I'm just telling you he's never going to put the numbers up in Philadelphia that he could somewhere else. He's never going to do it. He's never, he's not going to be the number one guy. We'll see again. Like I said, AJ Brown's best year is 1100 yards and like 68 catches. Okay. That's his best year. I think it was his second year. Okay. That was his best year playing. And now he's going to a offense that's limited at best. That was 27. Hey, that's a good point. Let me see something here. What was the Tennessee Titans passing offense in 2021 ranked? see here where were the titans ranked here they are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen they were 16th they were 16th in passing and the eagles were 27th and A.J. missed four games. <clears throat> Derrick Henry missed 10. But he'll have better numbers here. Devontae is better than some team's number ones. Like who? Jets? Yes. You think he's better than uh, Terry McLaurin in Washington? I don't. You think he's better than Terry McLaurin in Washington? AJ's a yak guy. Well, not really, but yeah, I get it. I, I think so. Sure. Okay. Doesn't put up huge numbers, though. It's just... You got all them old-ass receivers. Well, Jamar Chase is... 22 years old. Justin Jefferson's 23. Devontae Adams is 26. Stefan Diggs is 27. Debo Samuel's 26. Tyreek Kill's probably the oldest one. Mike Evans is 26. AJ Brown's 25. Which guys, which one of these guys is really the old guy? <laughs> Who's the old guy? Mike Evans? Stellar age of 27. Big Seal Smitty is, he's top 30, Ronald. I agree. I think Smitty's in the top 30. Do you think that the Eagles can trade for Jacobs in Las Vegas? I don't think the Raiders want to move off from 85. I, I don't think the Raiders want to move off him. Okay, I, I don't. I don't think they want to. I think he's a good football player. I like their tight end. Um, I, I I tell you, like I said, I I'd go get Kareem Hunt. 
I don't think he'd be that expensive. Fourth round draft choice, trade player for player. I don't even know what he's making. I know that he signed an extension when he got moved to Cleveland, and I think that's part of the holdup. You see, here, here's what Kareem Hunt's looking at. Kareem Hunt's never going to put the numbers he put up in Kansas City sitting behind and having a guy like Nick Chubb on the team, and that's what Devontae's going to go through. Devontae's never going to put up the giant numbers that he can in Philadelphia as long as A.J. Brown's on the team. He's never going to put them up. You never see guys put up years like that when you have a true number one. Cowboys were forced to move off of Amari Cooper because of money, not because they wanted to. And they gave him to Cleveland. Gave him to Cleveland. I'm with you on Kareem Hunt. Smitty's a top 25. Um, I just don't see it. Smitty's on Jefferson's level and Chase. He'll never put those numbers up in Philly. You've never had a 1,500-yard guy ever, but he is. You got to have the signal caller to do that. If you had Joe Burrow in Philly, yeah, there was, there's a chance he puts those numbers up. Not with Jalen. Not with that. That's not happening. So the point with Devontae, people are going like this. What's your take on Devontae Smith's here? I think, like I said a couple uh, weeks ago, I think he's going to be around 80 catches, 950 yards, somewhere 945, maybe eight touchdowns. And he'll have a great yards per catch. That's if Jalen can find him. He may actually have more catches than A.J. Brown. The guy who's going to be the focal point of the offense is going to be Goddard. Because Jalen will see him easier. It's an easier read seeing the tight end. Look at Brady's biggest factors and who they've been in his career. I mean, if you look at Amendola or Edelman's and maybe outside of Welker, look at those wide receivers' career years. You know, people look at Julian Edelman and look at what kind of playoff guy he was. He was spectacular. Edelman was spectacular in the playoffs. Regular season, I don't even think he has 10,000 receiving yards. Guy's never going to the Hall of Fame. But when you talk about big game guys postseason, unbelievable. Brady's big targets were Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski in the back side of the backfield. Those were his big – that's where he got to move the chains mostly in his career. Wasn't throwing the ball deep down the field. The one year that they – like I said to you before, they've never won a Super Bowl with an all-star wide receiver. Never. That includes Randy Moss. They never won a Super Bowl. Okay? Yeah, well, here, let me just put it to you this way here. Um, I know that Smitty won the Heisman. Let's hope he doesn't turn out to be Desmond Howard. Unless... Jalen duplicates Mahomes' 5,000 yards. People are going to be let down with those. Ronald, they are. You're going to look at you're going to look at Devontae and go like this. He didn't have a very good career, or he didn't have the career that he could have had. And you're going to blame him, and you're, you shouldn't. 
And 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 you shouldn't, because he's a talent. He is. So organized team practices with the Browns. We'll see if we can get somebody from Cleveland tomorrow. Maybe we'll get Bernie Kozar on. I know he does color for the Browns during the preseason. Let's see if we can get somebody on. Maybe get um, Clay Matthews Sr. on, too, because I know Clay very well. Let's see if we can do something like that. Maybe Bob Gullick, who does radio, Mike Gullick's brother. See if we can get somebody there. I know Joe Theismann's going to try to join us tomorrow. Sorry, we apologize for the uh, technical issues on his end, uh, connecting with us here, too. Mike Quick, uh, we're going to run him down. I believe he's going to be in Ohio. We appreciate all of you guys to hang in with us the whole way here for three hours. We thank you so much. If you missed any of the show, please like it, share it, tell folks about it. We appreciate it so much. Xander, thank you so much for your hard work today. We thank all of you for hitting the like button. Until tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, we'll see you on the flip side.